Hey now, welcome back to the Drupal Easy Podcast. This is Season 14, Episode 4, and today we'll be talking with Ted Bowman from Acquia, or as everyone knows him, T-Bone. Today we'll be talking about how to get started with automatic updates, and uh, Ted is actually one of the leads on that initiative. So before we get talking with our old friend, Ted, let me tell you a little bit about our long-form training courses. We have our new course, Professional Module Development, that is debuting to the public starting on January 31st. It's 90 hours over 15 weeks. There's also a light version where we drop a few of the topics. It's a few weeks shorter, and it's less money as well. The full version begins January 31st, and you can learn more at drupaleasy.com PMD, our 12th year of Drupal Career Online. That's our beginner-focused class. That begins February 13th. That's 12 weeks long, two times a week, plus office hours. And we do a free one-hour Taste of Drupal webinar. Actually, we have a few of those coming up um, where you can learn all about the class and get all of your questions answered about the Drupal Career Online course. You can learn more, as always, at drupaleasy.com slash DCO. Ted Bowman, hey, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. It's great to be back. I'm doing good. It's been a, it's been a moment since, uh, uh-huh. since we've had you on. So uh, good to yeah. hear your voice. You, likewise, likewise. So automatic updates. This is like what you've been working on for, what, seven years now? Something like that? I think I started when I was 13. Yeah, well, it's been a <laughs> it's been a great effort. No, seriously, yeah, how thanks. long have has this been like your primary focus? Um, it's probably been my primary focus for a couple of years, but um there hasn't been like a larger team around it the whole time and it hasn't been the only thing I've been doing the whole time. Yeah, so there's been other stuff in between there. So it definitely hasn't been two years only thing I've been doing, but two years probably when it's been most of the time it's been my major thing, whether that's like 51% or 99%. All right, cool. So auto, automatic updates. It's one of the Drupal strategic initiatives. Yes. For the community. Yes. So tell us what, no, explain it, you know, to me, like I, I've never heard of it and I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, so the automatic updates initiative, it, the, the, the first thing we're trying to roll out was just the ability to update core through the user interface of Drupal. And so this would be a composer enabled way to update core so that, you know, if after the update, it wouldn't, there'd be no sign that particularly that you had used automatic updates. We have also a goal to do it through a form and also through cron updates, which is not currently enabled. And then, down the road, we'd want to, you know, allow you to do that, allow you to do extensions also. All right. So how far along is it at this point? So right now there's a stable contrib module, which has a um, non-experimental module, which is just automatic updates that updates Drupal core through the form there. It does minor and patch releases, not major updates. And I can talk a little bit about how minor updates work later. And then there's an experimental module that does extensions. So it would update modules and themes. And the only reason that's not stable, it's more probably we want to, you know, fix some things in the model module, but 
mostly it's not stable because uh, I think non-core updates are a little more iffy depending on the module. So we want to sort of get that right or get documentation right about like, you know, what can go wrong in just module and just in general when you update them, whether that's through the UI or through Composer. So I was wondering about that, about the word extensions, because I did see that I was playing around with it in the user interface, but that's because it's modules and themes that can be updated. Yeah. Yeah. And basically the only reason it's its own module is because the first version that gets into Drupal core, the goal will be only to update core. Mm -hmm. So instead of adding that ability directly to the main contrib module and then having to rip it out when we get into core, the the main contrib module, it's supposed to work and you know we'll see if it works this way in practice, but we have a script that converts it to the merge request for core. So the extensions one will be added later. There's the extensions ability, but probably when it's in core, it won't be its own separate module. All right, so let's say someone who's heard this and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Ted Bowman, this sounds yeah. fantastic. I need yeah. to get my hands on it. I want to play with it. Yeah. Uh, other than you know, spinning up a local development environment and adding that the automatic updates uh, stable contributed module right now, are, are there any other ways that folks can test it? Yeah, you can test it via Gitpod. Um, I think when I tested it... Um, Shawl has a repository that's like ddev gitpod or something like that. Right. Yep. And you can use that. That'll start you off with a generic Drupal site. The only gotcha for that is I forget how it starts your site, but anytime you want to test auto updates, you have to start with a version of Drupal core that is at least one patch release behind. Right. So, Otherwise, there's yeah. nothing up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess actually through Composer, you could downgrade before you actually install Drupal. Um, but yeah, I have a link that I've used for beta testing that's basically a snapshot of this, you know, a Git pod with automatic updates already there and also with Drupal core one, at least one version behind. Git pod works well. I've a long time ago, I tried simply test.me. And I think there were write permissions issues because automatic updates, by the nature of it, it needs to update your code base. So it's not going to work on all hosting. And yeah, last time I tried simply test.me, it was a while ago. So um, I can't say that it definitely doesn't work, but I it didn't last time I tried. So there's a lot of words there. So it sounds like it's the preferred way of testing it right now, at least, is on a local environment. Yeah, though Gitpod definitely works pretty well. Okay. So I want to talk about some of the requirements. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, this module, if you just think about like, how does one manually do a core update? Yeah. There's a few steps there. Yeah. So what are the requirements uh, for this module? Um, so you have to have a writable file system wherever you're planning to run it. So if your hosting provides a writable file system, you could do it there. Um, a lot like Acquia, Pantheon, I think they both have protected file systems, so you can't run it in production there. Locally, you can you can run it. Usually, obviously, you'd have a writable file system there. You need to have Composer on your system, the Composer executable, at a path um, that we can access. Um, it'll try to find Composer, but then if, if it can't find it, then you, you can set 
something in settings.php to say explicitly, this is where composer is. Or say, okay, if, you have, yeah, if you have two composers and you want to use one, then you would you could tell us that way. It does not need Drush. And that is is pretty much it for... Well, there's, there's a dependent module, correct? There is a sub-module called Package Manager. Yeah, so what's that all about? Yeah, so there are some dependencies, but I guess in the sense that if you installed it via Composer itself, you would get all the dependencies. Right. There is a PHP library called Composer Stager that we use, and it basically runs the Composer commands in a copy of your site, or it, it really is not Drupal aware. So it runs for any PHP application. It would create a copy of, this, of that application, run the Composer commands. You could check to see if everything was good, and then it copies it back over. Um, so that's a dependency um, that we've been developing and you know, is, 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 is a direct composer dependency that, so you that, get that automatically. There's a sub-module that's actually in the contrib project called Package Manager. And that is a sort of generic Drupal module that right now it basically calls Composer Stager, but you could think of it as a Composer Package Manager module. It does installs and... Um, it's also what Project Browser is using to install um, modules and themes. So you piqued my interest a little yep. bit with this Composer Stager. Yeah. So you kind of glossed over one point that I, I want to ask you about. So you said that it will actually run the Composer commands in a copy of your project. Yes. And then check to make sure everything's okay. No. Well, so Composer Stager doesn't do that. It, it will stage the operation and you could check for things. Like you could manually okay. do it. Yeah. So so how does that work? How do we check to make sure everything's okay? So automatic updates will and package manager will do the checks for you. Composer Stager just provides a directory, you know, that could be checked with the changes for the composer operation. So the kind of things that we check for in automatic updates is are there Say you're going to update core, but for some reason, when you update core, it updates a contrib module. We don't allow that during core updates. So that's one of the things we would check. Uh, so another thing it would check is whether you have staged database updates in like you just ran a core update and it may or may not have database updates that you need to run. We don't allow once cron updates are enabled, we won't allow a an update to core to happen if it requires database updates, because you always want to be there when you run those database updates. Cron updates, you know, are be most useful for security updates. So you make sure you get them if you're not around. Mm. Those, for the most part, usually do not have um, database updates because they try to make the, you know, if it's a if it's a security fix, the update will only be that security fix. So they're not going to roll other features in there. Patch updates, they generally try not to have database updates. So, you know, they could, they potentially could, but they usually don't. So that's one of the things we check. Mm -hmm. we, ch we check some things to just inform you of things through the UI. So for, for the automatic updates extension module, for example, if you update, say, web, you ask to update web form, and I don't know if web form uses C tools, but say it does use C tools. And during your web form update, it 
has to update ctools because the new version of webform needs a newer version of ctools it would tell you like hey we updated webform to whatever version you asked for and additionally we updated ctools and these other other modules because you can't avoid that with other with updating modules as they require often dependencies be updated too. So that's the kind of stuff we would check by looking at the composers, uh, the staged composer directory. And then of course, you know, if you're doing it through the form, then you have a choice to say, oh, I didn't realize I wanted to update one module and now 50 modules are getting updated. So you can either think, oh, well, that's fine. I'm developing the site or this, you know, the, I'm doing this locally, I'll update 50 modules. Or maybe you think like, oh, I should look into this more. I'll, I'll, you know, finish this update later because we're in the middle, you know, this is a busy time and I can't run the risk of having 50 modules update right now. <laughs> so let's talk about the, you know, um, installation of the module. I noticed a couple of things uh, when I was installing automatic updates. Um, number one, and I think this has happened to me two or three times now that I've uh, downloaded a, a fresh version of automatic updates. And that is, it doesn't, it conflicts with the latest version of Drush mm -hmm. so that I have to normally, it's it's not a huge deal, but yeah. you know, when that happens, I normally will uh, uninstall or do a composer remove of Drush and then composer require both automatic updates and Drush at the same time. And mm -hmm. composer will do its thing and sort out the dependencies. Is that something that, is just something we have to live with for now or um i'm not sure about the drush version conflict i'm assuming you're not talking about the symlink problem which we're going to get to later yeah i'm not talking about symlinks yeah no. um yeah that may be just a i have a feeling what might fix that is we're trying to remove a couple dependencies that we have in the module right so it could be that one of them is Symphony Find or something. It could be that one of our... Yeah, I believe that's the, the yeah. conflict, yeah. Yeah, so for now, that's right. just something to deal with. But once we remove the... I mean, I can't say for sure that right. it would be solved afterwards because Composer Stager, of course, would have its own um, Composer dependencies. And I don't... Right. Not knowing what Drush dependencies are, I wouldn't know if they conflict. But that is, yeah, I just don't want yeah. folks to, you know, folks who are listening to podcasts who go to install automatic updates and immediately see a composer um, conflict. You know, don't walk away. Yeah, it's an easy fix. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this. Uh, so you mentioned a second ago. So let, let's talk about this symlink. Yeah. Challenge, we'll call it. So there's a new uh, core dependency called Drupal Core Vendor Hardening. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about that and tell us about this symlink conflict and, and, and what, you know, yeah, so, to, you know, what that's all about. Yeah, Drupal Core Vendor Hardening, um, I'm not sure how new it is, but one of the things that it's meant to do is you, we have a bunch of vendor dependencies, obviously, in or composer dependencies that are in a vendor folder when you install Drupal, when you do a composer install of a Drupal project. And some of that code maybe stuff that you definitely don't need in production, like let's say testing or docs or something. And basically I'm not sure the stuff exactly that core removes, but the idea is like, if you don't need code in production, it's better not to have it, especially some stuff might be a security concern. So it basically will like, when you do the composer install, it says, Oh, you have, let's say 
I don't know, Symphony Finder maybe. And Symphony Finder has a testing directory which has PHP files that we don't need for production. Let's take them out. So that may that's probably not a real example, but it basically can remove directories from vendor folders. We right now don't support having sim links in composer managed product uh, packages. Um, you can have sim links in parts of your Drupal package, but just not things that are managed by composer that we're going to update. And that's, you know, depending on how much of a blocker that is for people using it, we may or may not try to support sim links. Sim links are very difficult in the fact that when you do an update and you do it in a staged environment, if those sim links point anywhere besides within your environment, in your currently composer managed product packages, if they, if basically we don't want the staged composer operation to affect anything out of the staged directory and having a sim link mm -hmm. makes that really tr tricky to figure out. So are there, are there dependencies that commonly have sim links that people should be watching out for? Is this, um, or is this just kind of an edge case? I did some checking and I didn't find, it's definitely not unheard of, but I, I did find some. Um, we found the Drush okay. one, obviously, because, you know, often people have Drush. Right. Um, but yeah. the sim links within Drush are in the docs and I think it's maybe just the docs folder. So we added that to the vendor hardening. We added some configuration to tell Drupal cores vendor hardening, say, hey, just remove the Drush docs folder. Um, actually, maybe we just added documentation for how to do that. Basically, you'll get like a, a message and here's here's the help page if you have help enabled to go figure that out. Um, it's not super common. That's with Drupal core, I think that was, uh, there, there are none in, with the dependencies that are just for Drupal core. There's one direct, there's at least one symlink directly, directly in Drush. And then there's another one in a Drush dependency. So that's, it seems, it seems a little bit scary to me that in order for, well, no, it, what seems scary to me is that there's this, you know, dependency, the, the core vendor hardening dependency that will actually just remove them without really knowing what the repercussions of removing that sim link like is by no, removing that sim link it, it doesn't no? do i have it wrong yeah drupal the core vendor hardening doesn't look for sim links you just tell it hey remove this where terminal. they are yeah well it it's not even really for sim links it's basically for things that aren't needed to run your site that are basically non-essential things that we right can, but see that's yeah, that's I and that's the part that kind of like you have to have knowledge of your all of your dependencies. Well, maybe not all of them, but let's say that you run into this issue with a sim link in some dependency that's in your vendor directory. Yes, I would be very, very careful about removing the directory you find the sim link in. Right, because and maybe you don't even know how that dependency got there you know, off the top of your head, then you have to do some research and say, okay, what, what depends on, you know, what does, why do I have this dependency? And if I get rid of that, what's going to break and stuff. So that's, it's just kind of an extra hurdle there, but I'm glad to hear that you say that in your experience, you haven't seen it too much. Yeah. And I would 
definitely maybe we should make an issue for people to report, you know, how common this is. Right. Because, you know, obviously people have really varied Drupal projects. They're going to have varied composer dependencies. So I'm sure some people will run into packages with symlinks. Yeah. And if you have one that, you know, is stopping you from using uh, automatic updates, let us know through the issue queue. Because like you said, I mean, it may be in some cases, like the Drush case, it's pretty obvious that you can remove the docs folder. Right. Yep. But in other things, it's not going to be like pretty much if it's not docs or tests, you probably can't remove it. Yeah. And so I, I spun this up on a, a pretty fresh uh, Drupal 9 site and I had Drush installed. So I, I saw that issue when I tried to, I don't know if it happened when I was installing automatic updates or maybe after I installed it, but I couldn't run out automatic updates. I, I saw the message. So I had to uh, add the, the core vendor hardening dependency and then add that little blurb to the extras section of my composer.json. Mm-hmm. And it was all really straightforward. And once it was done, everything was working, but it kind of, you know, piqued my interest as far as, well, how do I know, yeah. you know, what I need, what else I need to put in here? But I, I think I follow what you're saying. Yeah. If you don't get alerted that we found some links then you don't need to put anything else in there. Right, yeah. right, right, right. All right. So let's move on past. So let's assume that we, we, we jump over all those uh, somewhat small hurdles. I know we've ta- been talking about them for a few minutes, but really they're not. None of them are that bad. Once the module's installed, is there any configuration we have to worry about, or do we just install it and yeah, hit the button and watch it update? Well, it's not going to update till you ask it to. Fortunately, <laughs> right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You have to hit the button. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no configuration for it to start to work right now. Uh, cron updates aren't enabled. We, you know, we can talk about that. But once, if you had cron updates, there would be a configuration. But right now. There is one hidden configuration that is oh. that enables minor updates. Um, so okay. there is documentation, I think, in the README or Hook Help to say like this is how you enable probably Hook Help how you enable cron up uh, minor updates to core. Without that, it will just show you your current miners, you know, next your latest patch release in your current miner. We have a current issue that I just opened up to have a form for that and have the default be for miners to be on, minor updates to be on, but with the ability to turn it off. Mm -hmm. Basically, we didn't want to enable minor updates out of the box because, one, they're more disruptive. So we wanted to make sure patch updates worked well first. And two, we wanted to make sure there was some documentation to sort of warn you that patch updates or minor updates are more disruptive and it may be better to test this lo- an update locally versus on production. So just describe more disruptive. New features go into minor updates. So anytime you're adding a new feature, there's a potential for something to go wrong. I mean, they're not more disruptive on purpose, but I guess historically, right. Drupal core minor updates have been more disruptive than... Then patch releases. Okay. Do we move from train? We don't remove BC stuff in. Let me yeah. ask it this way: Is there uh, under the hood? Yeah. With when automatic updates, uh, you know, go does a patch release versus a minor release. Is there any difference in code under the hood? No. So okay. 
I'm saying minor updates aren't more disruptive because of automatic updates. Just if you did them via Composer directly, they would be more disruptive. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they potentially have more changes. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. I got it. Yeah. I got it. All right. So I think the first time we talked about automatic updates, and this is probably a question that you get a lot, is, you know, for most uh, Drupal developers, when they're updating a site, Git is part of that process. Yeah. With automatic updates, how does Git fit in? So Git is still something you would have to do manually. Um, it would change the files in the same way that a regular Composer update would. I mean, I guess depending on the actual, the same type of changes. So you would have to commit those changes and push them up um, or whatever your workflow is. I think basically, you know, we decided that people do sort of manage stuff with Git differently enough mm -hmm. that it wasn't really the role of the module to decide how that would work. Somebody's free to make a submodule that we have a, an event system or not a submodule, a contrib project. We have an event system, you know, where it'd be pretty easy to write custom code to do the commits, you know, when something is updated, but we won't do that for you. So it's really going to be dependent on hosting as well. Yeah. Because, you know, originally this, this initiative was so that, you know, make it easier for people to apply updates, Yes, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if you have a local environment up and running, I would argue, I mean, it, sure, clicking a button is easier than running a couple of composer commands. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of a wash for, for those of us who work in local environments. But for folks who, you know, don't have a local environment and, and, and host somewhere where the file system is writable, yeah. are they necessarily using Git? I, I don't know. I have, it's been a long time since I've seen a, a Drupal project that, that isn't using Git. So it seems like this is this is it, you know this is a weird like niche niche niche. Well, it, what's the proper way to say that word? Niche, niche, I guess. Well, once you have once we have cron updates enabled, I could definitely see people even if they use Git being okay with an update running in production that they know is not gonna you know be committed to Git as a stopgap to be like okay. It's going to run, but then I'm going to either do it locally or I'm going to pull the changes down locally. I'm going to commit those changes, you know, in the server app, you know, the next day when I wake up, when the, you know, the automatic updates happen in the middle of the night and are, you know, it may be okay to not have that inversion control temporarily so that security up updates get applied. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how, how this gets used over the next, you know, once it's released over the next few years, because it's one of those features. It's, it's, it's a, it's a cool freaking feature, but now we have to figure out how, how to put it into our workflows. Yeah. And I think also it's like, this is what the MVP was supposed to be, you know, not handling Git. I mean, if, I guess if everybody says like, it's not useful without Git integration, either somebody will make a contrib module that takes care of it for you or you know, we'll have to add it, add it to the actual module. It would, yeah, it would definitely would complicate things. It's not really like environment aware, you know, it's not. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So like at Acquia, we have these cloud IDEs where people can use, you know, you can spin one up. I think other hosting companies have them and they are writable environments. Right. So you could potentially spin one up, do the update. It has, I think, I think it's VS code. Like 
integration there where you can just say, well, commit the changes I just made mm -hmm. without particularly going to the command line. So you could use something like that where an environment, a separate environment where you can spin it up that is writable and then move those changes over to production. And then looking in the long term, I mean, the combination of this and Project Browser potentially has us looking at a future where, you know, Drupal's code base is managed by Composer, but people are, aren't running Composer commands directly. Yeah, for a lot of like the common cases, right? yeah. You know, it'll install modules for you and then automatic updates potentially can keep you, keep them updated. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the dream. That that would be a nice dream, yeah. And then we'll have to figure out like how Git how Git works in there. Is it just is it okay that people have to go to the command line for that? Or yeah, we'll see. Well, but there's a lot of people who use Git, you know, not from the command that's line. That's true. Who use yeah. Git from from a UI. So. That's true. All right. So there's a stable release yes. for automatic updates yes. in Contrib that people can play yep. with. Let's say someone heard this podcast and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to test this. I want to play with this. I want to get involved. Yeah. What, what's the what's the number one thing they should do first? Try it out and let us know if it doesn't work. If they want to get involved, there is uh, the, our Slack channel. And the Slack channel, I think, has a topic. It's just a pound auto updates, one word. And... I think pinned or the topic channel has our meetings, which are every other Tuesday. Are they asynchronous Slack meetings or are they Zoom meetings? Asynchronous Slack meetings, yeah. Okay. So I usually try to be around when they start and we sort of report on what we're doing. You know, people can come by either in the meetings or just in generally post in the, they can either obviously post issues to the issue queue if they find problems or, you know, post the idea in, in Slack and yeah, to get help for like, if you're having problems installing it or running it, you know, e either file an issue or, you know, you can ping me or just in that channel or just post in that channel. Like, Hey, I'm trying to use auto updates, but I'm hitting this hurdle or whatever, you know, let us know and we'll try to help you test it. We're really also really interested in people testing it on hosting, um, especially lower price hosting that, you know, potentially is a larger market for this. And that's, you know, to me, that seems almost count, not counterintuitive. I don't know what the right word is, but lower price hosting generally doesn't have Composer available. So it seems like there's going to be a sweet spot in there somewhere. I was surprised. Lower price, but not. Yeah, I tried HostGator recently and it, you know, I think I had the, the baby plan or something that had Composer available on the command line. Oh, really? Yeah, I was surprised. Okay. Well, maybe things have changed. Yeah. Things have changed since yeah. I've last played with. Okay. So, Ted, what is the goal for this module as far as core is con uh, concerned? Are we looking at trying to get it into core as experimental in 10.1, 10.2, or maybe stable? Like, what's Yeah, the, we'd, what's the we'd love to get it in 10.2 as beta would be great. Um, if it's an alpha, it's great that it's in there, but alpha modules get taken out of the releases. And by the nature of this module, like Layout Builder, if Layout Builder was ripped out of a release and you could get clone and play around with it that's useful but this we don't update from we don't allow you to update from dev versions because that's dangerous so if it's not in a release it's not as useful uh yeah, yeah by the nature of it being a composer updater so right right right, right. so yeah our goal is to have a beta in 10.1 and i think that's the project 
Stick Browser's folks goal too, but I'm, I'm not sure on that. So yeah, we'd love to get it NVP would be only patch releases for Drupal core with cron updates enabled. Cron updates, the DA is the Drupal Association is working on some signing infrastructure mm -hmm. on their side, on the servers that we'll connect to. So, you know, that'll make the updates even more secure than, than say a regular composer update is right now. So if that gets in in time, then we would have cron. It's not getting in unless they're, unless the cron update part is done. Got it. Um, we have it turned off with a feature flag right now. So that the goal is patch updates through the form and through cron for 10.1. And that's, you know, we're trying to hit that, but we'll see. And it looks like, you know, on the on the Contrib project page for automatic updates, there's over 600 ported uh, usages of it. So, <laughs> and that's always it's, a uh, low, that, you know, that's always a low. Well, no, that is a lot of Drupal 7 sites, actually, to be honest. There's a Drupal 7 version of this module, which is not composer aware. No kidding. So this was before you came along, before you got involved, right? Yeah. It was funded by the UN, maybe I want to say. That's funny. Uh, oh, yeah. They, so, yeah, you we know, go they... to the usage page. Oh, yeah. Oh, we need more people to test out this module. We need a lot of people to test this yeah, it's out. about 100 reported usages for, uh, well, say 150 for the for 8.x-1, 8.x-2. Yeah, so it's let's get going on it. up. Yeah, it's going up, but we need we need more people to do it for sure. It, it is working for some people. I have had reports that it's working. So people, so folks are using it um, in well, not in production, but for production sites. Let's say I'm not sure what the best way to word that is. I mean, they could be using it in production. Yeah, right. if they're if they're readily hosting. Yeah, I, yeah, some people are. I've talked to some people who are. All right. All right. I think we've we've covered everything, right? Alrighty. Yep. Have we talked about everything there is to talk about when it comes to automatic updates? Um just try it out. That's the key. Try it out because it's it's pretty darn it easy and it's pretty freaking cool yep. to see it working. Yep. Yep. All right. Give it a try and let us know how it went. And you know, let us know if if it worked well for you. Just post something in Slack being, hey, I'm I'm using it, you know. We're not looking for thanks. We're just looking for like <laughs> <laughs> to know people are having a good Listen, experience as opposed to. Yeah. Ted is definitely not asking you to send him fine gourmet coffee in exchange for his work in automatic updates. He definitely does not want that. Yeah. 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 No, but if you're using it and you, you know, you're using it on a particular hosting, let us, yeah. Any, any info we can have about like people who are using it. We have, I think there's, I would actually have to check this on the, we had a form for a while mm. on the page. Actually, it's not there now. Short form. Yeah. We do have a short form linked from the page that says like, Hey, how are you using this? Okay. What version did you use? Did you use it locally? Did you use it on a survey? So people using it and filling out that form would be great. But don't, don't thank Ted, whatever you do. No, uh, you don't. know, I think it's best that people act entitled around Ted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Where the heck is it? Why isn't it done yet? Yeah. 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 That's probably, so, that's the way that Ted is motivated. Yeah. So let us, yeah, let us know. Final question, Ted. You ready? Yeah, I am. It's, uh, let's say mid-December. It's almost mid-December. 
It is. Do you live in, in beautiful Ithaca, New York? I do. Are the waterfalls frozen yet? No, and we have very little snow. So it'll be better when there's snow and frozen waterfalls. Is there no ice yet? There's got to be ice starting, no? You're like making me feel bad that I haven't checked a waterfall out lately. Uh, <laughs> well, that's great because you've been working really hard on automatic updates, so much so that you, yeah, you don't yeah. go outside anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I No, actually, I did go by one of the falls the other day, and I don't remember. I was driving by, but it was yeah. a huge one that you can see from the road. So I didn't see any ice. So. All right. Very good. Get back to work. Soon. Yeah. Right. It was 40 degrees today, but so there was definitely no ice today. Oh, that's a bummer. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time today, Ted. Thank you.